Everyone has a list of standards in their mind that guide our expectations, and they're called shoulds. Hi, this is Leslin from Try This at Home. Today, we're talking about those shoulds. So grab a cup of coffee or a glass of wine and listen in. When your day goes south or your relationship gets salty, you need tools that will turn it around with decades of experience and a variety of perspectives between them. Leslie Sleesman and Leslin Kantner bring you tips and tricks for solving problems, increasing happiness, and creating your best life. Together, they're sharing ideas you can take home and try. Each week, their discussion will zero in on one idea, one technique, or one activity that has the potential to make your life a little better. And now, here is Leslie and Leslin with Try This at Home. Hi, Leslin. Hi, Les. How are you? Good. What should we talk about today? (laughs) (laughs) That's a play on our today's topic, isn't it? Yes, shoulds. We're going to talk about shoulds. This is, I I need to tell people that um, back several years ago when you were my therapist, this was probably the one session that we had when you introduced this concept to me where I felt like, holy crap. Like, I really, really, really learned a ton. I remember you saying to me that this was life-changing for you. It totally was, yes. Good. Yeah. Well, hopefully it'll be life-changing for somebody who's listening. Yeah. I find that it's really common. And what's so interesting to me is that should is part of our vernacular. It's part of our vocabulary that we pay no attention to whatsoever. Yes. I even find myself saying it. Mm -hmm. And it's actually pretty unhealthy. Yeah. I, when I was made aware of how often I did this, I was shocked and a little appalled at myself, to be honest. Well, where do you think that comes from? In other words, why, why do you think people have this idea that they should be doing something? I don't know. That's a really good question. But we say should all the time and it's when you kind of unpack it which hopefully you'll tell us a lot about you realize just how much weight is associated with it I think yeah exactly you know we do say should all the time we say um you should do this he should do that why don't they do that they should do that Mm -hmm. um I should do this and should represents an expectation. Right. Should represents an idea or a standard that in your mind is kind of an automatic reflex, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, everybody should brush their teeth in the morning. Right. But who's, I mean, outside of the American Dental Association <laughs> and every dentist on the planet. Right. I mean... A should is this implied kind of command in many ways, right? Yeah. So if I say you should go up and brush your teeth, really, you're going to feel like I'm telling you what to do. Right. Yeah. And it's pretty harmless in the case of brushing your teeth, right? Because most people are not going to disagree that we should brush our teeth. Mm -hmm. But it's not, we don't use it just for harmless things like brushing our teeth. We use it all of the time for things that, are very serious. Absolutely. And I really feel that 
in a lot of cases, this um, subliminal expectation goes unchecked. Mm-hmm. And when I say it goes unchecked, first of all, we don't really realize that we have them. Right. Number two, we don't realize that we're imposing them on other people. Mm-hmm. And number three, we don't really understand the impact of that expectation if it's inconsistent with our own value system. Right. Right. So if somebody says I shouldn't have sex before marriage, but that's not necessarily consistent with my value system. Right. Then I'm going to have maybe I'm going to have feelings about that if I maybe if I had sex before marriage. Right. right? Yeah. I'm going to feel judged. Mm-hmm. And so I'm hoping that we can clarify a lot of that for people today. Yeah. The the hardest part for me or the you know the hardest pill to swallow in looking at myself when I when I did this exercise, you know, several years ago was just realizing how basically judgmental I was and how often I was essentially judging someone else for not doing something the way that I did it. And the reality was, well, who am I to tell them anything, you know? And that's because you had a long list of shoulds, <laughs> yes, right? Yes, I did. <laughs> you know, and we all, I mean, really, we all have lists of shoulds. Sure. I think, again, we're going to talk about being aware, right? Mm-hmm. That if we're aware of what we believe should happen, that's going to be the first step. Yeah. Um, we don't have any choice, but when we grow up in our environment, our parents may say, um, go make your bed in the morning, um, get to bed by nine o'clock, do your homework when you come home from school. Right. We learn patterns of living that we adopt as the way to do things. Yeah. Those become our shoulds. shoulds. Yeah. The way things should be in our opinion. Yes. Yeah. Um, I love this story of, and I, I don't know if this is some kind of a fable or if it's a real thing, but I years ago I read that there was a woman preparing a big roast, um, sitting at the kitchen island with her mom, and she took the roast out of the wrapper and she took a big butcher knife and she chopped off a big hunk off of both ends of the roast mm-hmm. and threw the meat in the trash can and proceeded to place the roast in the crock pot. And her mother sat there with a horrified look on her face (laughs) and said, oh my gosh, why did you throw away perfectly good meat? Yeah. And the woman looked at her and said, well, mom, that's what you always did. Right. And she said, honey, my crock pot was too small. Right. (laughs) Right. But she just thought that's how you should prepare a roast. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The, and, and so, again, that's kind of having this idea of what to do or how to do something that you don't really stop and check. Right. Um, I I will often when somebody comes in with anxiety, one of the first things that I say to them is, let's talk about the list of shoulds in your life. <laughs> right. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I should be um, a person who drives my kids to school every day. I should be um, a certain body size. I should be a, of certain um, educated to a certain level. Mm-hmm. I should be making this much money yep. in my life. Um, I should keep a clean house. <laughs> I should cook every meal. 
I should be a better friend, right? And the list list goes goes on, yeah. On and on and on. So the very first question, I'm going to have everybody just stop and take a minute and say, ask yourself, why? Yeah. Every time you hear the word word should, ask yourself, why should I? Yeah. That's very telling. Just that small step is huge. Yeah. Maybe that even in conjunction with that, who said so? Yeah. Right? Because oftentimes when when I did that, at least, it was some rule that I'd made up arbitrarily for myself that had no, there was no reason. Mm -hmm. I just decided it somehow. I'm sure somewhere along the line, someone else did it. And I thought that was a good idea or something, but I, I couldn't even tell you where it began. But I'm like, yeah, why am I doing that? Why do I think I should be doing that? Yeah. And it made no sense. Yeah. Or, or it could be something that was a value of someone else in your life, you know, mm-hmm. a value of our parents or our grandparents. Um, uh, there's an, another old tale about you shouldn't put warm food in the refrigerator. Right. Yeah. Have I've you heard ever heard that? that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you know why? Well, I I think I know, like, the actual reason is because, or maybe this, I don't know, maybe this isn't the actual reason, but it's because it takes more energy for your refrigerator to cool it down when it's hot. Yeah, I mean, well, that's certainly true. But the reason I think, at least my understanding of the reason that it came about is because in the days of the old ice boxes, Mm -hmm. the warm food would pull, would melt the ice oh, faster, right? Yeah. right? Yeah. You would go through more ice right. if you put warm food in the refrigerator. So, yeah. And but, nowadays with these energy-efficient refrigerators, like, it's completely, it, it is like, what, a fraction of a fraction of a cent if it takes more energy because everything's so efficient. It's just there's no reason to even worry about this anymore. Yeah, and I think I remember learning as a little girl or as a young woman that putting warm food in the refrigerator made it go bad faster you know and so it's kind of funny that this thing that was very (laughs) practical in the 1910s became you know 60 to 100 years later became so blown out of proportion that nobody really understand why they did something they just knew that they quote unquote should yeah yeah that and i think that happens just constantly for me it became the the little things like that you know, are, are more in the harmless vein. But for me, it became a huge problem when I was basically placing these shoulds on other people and it was impacting relationships. So that's a really good point because that's kind of a classic Freudian projection, right? Mm-hmm. We develop, a, again, a standard that we live by. Right. And we have a tendency as, as human beings to make this assumption that all people... Um, live by the same standard. Right. Um, it doesn't like. Why didn't I get a thank you card from my nephew last <laughs> month? Right? right after I sent a Christmas present. Emily Post would have dictated that, or the manners would be to send me a a thank you card. And yet, I don't know that that was a big priority for him growing up. And and somebody completely different may have never even learned that a thank you card was um, an expectation. Sure. Right. So it's not really an expectation for me these days. I'd be happy with an email or a text message, honestly. But again, I think that in a more formal situation, it's important to 
meet kind of the standard norm. And you also kind of, this kind of works in reverse with shoulds a little bit, like where we then place it immediately onto ourselves. Like my daughter had a birthday party um, in December and we just very casually invited a few girls over and she, I didn't even, I didn't even consider having her send out thank you cards. It was like kind of a last minute thing. Certainly she was appreciative. I was appreciative, but she went to another little girl's birthday party and we got a thank you card. I'm like, oh, I should have had her send those. But in the grand scheme of things, we chose not to. Mm-hmm. And the world's going to keep on spinning. Yeah. And I, you know, as you remember, I one of the things I teach is something I picked up from Louise Hay, who's a famous author. And that is that at any given point in time, if we simply replace the word should with the word could, mm-hmm. it takes on a whole new meaning. Yeah. Right? I, you could send thank you cards, but you chose not to. Right. See, when we say the word should, we're kind of interpreting like we don't have any choice in the issue. This is a um, social, a societal expectation or personal expectation that we have to meet in order to be, quote unquote, good enough. Right. Right. If we're not meeting a standard, we have a tendency to internalize that we're not good enough. And that's just a personal judgment. Yeah. That goes away if you understand you always have a choice because you could send thank you cards if you wanted to. Right. And it's less judgmental when you say, okay, well, that person should have called me by now. Mm-hmm. Well, no, they could have called you by now. Mm-hmm. But the choice is theirs, not yours. And, and and I think I would say that maybe it's even more important to say, geez, I had an expectation I wasn't aware of, right? Right. I, I would have done that, and therefore I expected them to, right. which is a part of what we were trying to build upon is we expect people to behave the way that we behave. We expect right. people to meet the, the cultural norms that we adhere to. Mm-hmm. And once we really allow for there to be differences and take out the judgment of one way is right or the other way is wrong, Mm -hmm. then a whole new world opens up to us. When I started realizing that other people had a choice, it made me less angry. Mm -hmm. It made me less frustrated. And I mean, that that was the goal for me, right, is I had all of this anxiety and these issues with people not doing things. Uh, you know, the quote-unquote right way, the way Mm -hmm. I thought they should do them. Mm -hmm. And it's very freeing when you realize that they could have done it and you kind of pull back on your judgment and your expectations. Yeah, and really giving people the space to choose differently than you is super important for the um, health of a good relationship. I mean... If you don't know what the Stepford Wives were, that's where like a (laughs) dystopian suburbia where all of the women were perfectly made up. They were perfectly, um, they had perfect bodies. They served tea the perfect way. They cooked dinner perfectly every night. Their children were perfectly behaved. (laughs) And it, I mean, that's kind of scary, actually. If everybody's exactly the same. Yeah, right. 
when we don't allow for individual differences because we expect people to meet our standards, technically we're asking for people to be mini-me's. Right. So I can't remember exactly what the context was for this, but I had told you at one point so long ago, you know, I, I replaced a should with a could and I, I was okay with it. And you said something to me like, well, actually, in that instance, I wouldn't have done that. And I'm trying to remember what it was. Um, but are there any are there any times when you would say, no, you shouldn't replace a should with a could? Off the cuff, I can't think of one. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if it's sometimes what we realize is that the shoulds that are in our life don't belong to us. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, if I'm making my bed every day because that's what my mother taught me I should do, but that's not something I value, then I can let go of that should mm-hmm. for completely, completely yeah. right? Yeah. I can I can replace it easily with a could. I could do that if I wanted to. Mm-hmm. But sometimes those shoulds come from more of an internal place and they and they're part of our value system, right? Yeah. Um so that it I think should develops as like a shortcut to an internal conversation there. Mm-hmm. For example, um I shouldn't drink too much and drive. Right. So that's a that's not only illegal, but it's a, <laughs> maybe it's not a good example, but it's a it, that's a life or death kind of should. Yeah. And I and I think it's something that if that is my value system, I don't want to I don't want to do that because I mean I could drink and drive, right? Um, but then that's not going to honor my value of being safe or sitting within legal limits. Well, and it also I mean that example illustrates the point that sometimes just because it's not within your value system you have the ability or opportunity to negatively impact someone else's life regardless of whether or not it's in their value system or not. So in other words, if I'm really, you know, kind of blasé about something, but the should ends up hurting someone, is that when the could becomes a should? I don't know if it's as black and white, if we can make it quite as black and white. Certainly... When we engage, when we make a decision that is going to end up causing someone we care about pain, mm-hmm. um, sometimes that happens. If you're authentic to yourself right. and, and it means someone else isn't going to like that choice, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, it's not necessarily a good idea to sacrifice what's your value so that you can meet the expectation of someone else's, right? right. I've had um, situations uh, with clients where uh, someone was offered a really fantastic job opportunity out of state. Mm-hmm. His wife said, you shouldn't leave us. You know, you shouldn't take it. Right. For his career, it was almost a, a once-in-a-lifetime option. Mm-hmm. And really, no matter what happened... He was either going to be disappointing his wife or he was going to really regret or feel bad that he'd 
lost this opportunity. So in his sure. mind, he should take it. It was a career-changing decision. Yeah. But making that decision was also going to significantly impact um, his relationship. And so somewhat like what we talked about, you know, the, in not trying to quit last week, mm-hmm. or when is it time to quit last week, we always have choices. And we have to sit back and analyze how are these choices going to impact the bigger picture? Am I going... Sometimes I tell clients, you only get sometimes the lesser of two evils. Right. Right? Yeah. We ha- we always get to choose. Yep. But sometimes we're choosing which thing is going to suck the least. Yeah. 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 And it's important, I think, to keep in mind that, you know, other people have the option to not like and to not want to deal with your choice. Absolutely. It's completely within their right to say, okay, well, you could have done that and you could have done that. And the one that you picked, I don't like and I'm out. Absolutely. And that's about boundaries. But it absolutely, it's always a choice, you know, and it's very challenging. We've, in a lot of our conversations, you talk about being a people pleaser and there Mm -hmm. are a lot of people pleasers out there. I'm certainly, I'm also one. I don't like disappointing someone. Right. But one of the things that I learned in my life, and I'll be honest, quite painfully at times, Mm -hmm. was that in pleasing someone, I compromised my own internal shoulds. Yeah. And those internal shoulds, those are the ones that are important to live by. If I believe that you should be kind and compassionate to people, Mm -hmm. and then for some reason I'm not because of either some external um, influence, right? right. Yeah. I'm going to feel really bad yeah. about that. Mm-hmm. And so maybe what I was talking to you about when in that conversation is the times that we, that could isn't really the right choice is when it's an internal statement about your values. I, I have experienced that a little bit. Um, I try to be very kind and not reactionary in in business and in life in general, although my husband would probably disagree with you about <laughs> that second part. But um, oftentimes people mistake my kindness for ignorance. Mm-hmm. And it's my value system that I'm going to be kind. I try to be no matter what. Um but I realize that other people do not have that value system and they're interpreting it completely differently. And as a, as a result of this, they view me as ignorant. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, that particular comment allows me, or brings up all of these ideas about interpretation and language <laughs> and, and the way that we interpret behavior, which actually that would make a really good episode. Yeah, so. <laughs> But absolutely, I think anything that compromises your value system mm-hmm. needs to be a should for, for you. you. Yes, right. for you, yeah. not for someone else. Right, but for you. And that, and for me, I recognize that that is not something that other people necessarily value in all the same situations that I try to implement it. And so I understand that they are going to view it not favorably sometimes. And mm-hmm. I have to be okay with that. Exactly. Yeah. And and that's a really good point. You have to be okay with the things that anchor your value system. Right. 
you know, and that's not a movable target, right? It's when you um, are kind and compassionate toward the things that make you you, then you can live authentically. Yeah. So what is this week's Try This at Home? So we have a treat this week. We have a worksheet that will be available in the free resource section of our website. And it's a worksheet that helps you identify shoulds. So the try this at home part is to identify as many of your shoulds as you can and write them down and then and write them down as you go through the week. And then maybe sit down and really take some time. And with each one of them, identify it as something that comes from an outside source, mm-hmm. like it's something your mom told you to do. Right. And if it does, the next step is to identify whether it's one you want to keep. Do you want to continue to feel as though or to meet the standard of making your bed every day, for example? Yeah. And if it's true, if this is a a should that you want to keep in your life, then I'm going to recommend that you rewrite that statement so that it turns into a could and start kind of um, implementing those statements as choices in your life. So when you wake up in the morning, it's, I could make my bed every day if I want. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Versus, oh, God, I have to make my bed every day. Unless you're my kids and then you have to. <laughs> <laughs> so that's our Try This at Home this week. Today and always, we are super grateful that you took time to listen. Next week, we'll be talking about expectations, and we hope that you'll join us for that discussion. Of course, you can always find all of our podcasts and connect with us on www.trythisathomepodcast.com where we hope you'll subscribe to our feed. Of course, you can also find us on Apple Podcasts, where we really appreciate the ratings and reviews that people offer there. Until next week, this is Leslie and Leslin suggesting that you try this at home. All perspectives and opinions expressed during this podcast are for educational and informational purposes only. There is no direct or indirect intention to provide psychotherapy or mental health services. If you are seeking counsel for individual circumstances, please consult with a local health professional.